get it out there and start using it and then tweak it. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you have to come up with the perfect success statement before you start doing this event. Take this, go do your event, evaluate and be like, actually, I don't want them to feel this way. I want them to feel this way and tweak it. It's okay. You can do it. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. It's a principle that we say all the time within the Path for Growth community. Aim is essential. I'm talking to you now about what it takes to be an intentional leader. Because think about that word intentional for a second. It means to operate with a decided sense of intent. Because here's what we need to remember and recognize. As human beings, we are aim-seeking creatures, which means we are always subconsciously or consciously asking the question, where are we going? That's why it's so crucial that you as a leader understand that one of your greatest responsibilities, but I would also argue opportunities, is to catch, cast, and coach vision. Now, it can be so easy to get conceptually excited about the topic of vision, but then to not really translate that conceptual excitement into anything practical, actionable, and real. One of the things that I've seen in my life, in my leadership, in my business, and I've also observed it in organizations around the country, is that just because we get excited about the idea of vision doesn't mean we do a good job of actually clarifying, communicating, and documenting our expectations. That's why within our business, we created a tool that we call success statements. What are success statements? They're three to five statements that describe what winning looks like for an essential function of your business. Now, anytime we give that definition of success statements, someone always asks, okay, well, what are the essential functions of a business? And we break it down or delineate it into three different areas. Number one is projects or bodies of work. Number two is roles, because we believe that people need to have a seat on the bus. They need to know which seat of the bus that they're in. And then they need to know what winning looks like within that seat on the bus. They need to have clear expectations so that they can actually chase what winning looks like. And then finally, meetings, because meetings is where we gather people, but also payroll together. And it can either be one of our greatest wastes of time or our greatest investments of time. This idea and practice of creating success statements has been absolutely transformative for our business. And that's why we started teaching it to other business owners and business leaders around the country. And we've seen how leaders have taken this tool, have taken this practice and ingrained it at every level of their organization to operationalize their business. And the results have just been, I mean, just absolutely wild. It's it's unlike anything I've ever actually taught to people before, just seeing the way people are taking action on this. And so we've said, man, we've seen this really be one of the most transformative things within the Path for Growth community. We need to start talking about this more intentionally on the podcast. And it was out of that that we started to plan having a Q&A episode on the topic of success statements. And it was in that context that the other day I was on one of our bi-weekly office hours conversations within the Path for Growth membership. And that's conversations that we host for impact-driven leaders who own or run businesses. And I was not the facilitator on the call. I was just attending the call 
call. One of our other coaches, Olivia, was facilitating the call and I was sitting back and listening and I realized, oh my gosh, all the questions are about the topic of success statements. And this is what everyone on this call today just happens to be applying. And I realized, oh, we don't have to record another episode where I just talk about success statements. What if we just aired this recording on the podcast? And so at the end of the meeting, I asked everyone in attendance if they'd be game on for us to air that recording on the podcast. And thankfully they said yes. So let's review again. What are success statements? There are three to five statements that describe what winning looks like in a business. And this office hours call really gets into some of the practicality of how you make that tool come to life in your business. So I want you to listen to this, really start to understand what this looks like in practice. And then I'm so excited because at the end of this, I'm going to give you one action item and also a really cool offer that our team has put together. So here's the Path for Growth community discussing success statements on one of our recent office hours meetings. Okay, so thinking about it from an event perspective, are the success statements, should they be related to like attendance and budget or should they be more related to how the people feel when they leave? Success statements, Jackie, are just a definition of what winning looks like. So that is completely dependent upon what you think winning looks like. We could all come up with completely different success statements for your events. We don't know. Yeah. Can we choose an event? What What's an event you want to do one for real quick, Jackie? Okay. So like we have a lunch and learn on March 9th that is about maximizing your RCU membership. Love it. Let's see if we can do it for lunch and learns as a whole. So we're not rethinking okay. the wheel every time. So what are, what are some of the things that really matter to you at lunch and learn? That they learn something. Okay. Attendees learn something. Can, could uh, someone take note? Zach, are you grabbing? Okay. Attendees, attendees learn something. Look at that. You wrote a success statement. Well done. Great Isn't that job. Easy? Okay. I mean, seriously, I, I think that's a great example of, I love that phrase, the obstacle is the way, right? Like if you're paralyzed, it's not the success statements that are making you paralyzed. It's the fact that you don't have success statements that's making you paralyzed, right? Because you're lacking intent. So the attendees learn something. What else is a success statement or something that really matters to you? You want people to show up. Okay, like how many people or what do you want the audience to look like, like in terms of how it represents the community? Mm. My goal is always 10, right? Because I like to keep it small because it keeps the conversation better is why. Yeah, so we hosted between 10 and and 20 people. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. And is there anything specific that like you want to be able to use to describe those types of people? Like that were blank? I mean, they're business owners or leaders in the community for the most part. Brilliant. Okay, so we hosted between 10 and 20 business leaders from the community. Awesome. Okay, what else would be good to be true? We don't want to lose money. Okay, we <laughs> that, uh, the event was profitable. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What about anything else that really matters to you that would be true about it? On all of our events, I mean, I really like people to build relationships and to make connections that help them in their business. And you're leadership. so good at this. This is yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh, every attendee built, made connections and built meaning relationships with other attendees. Anything else really matter to you? I don't think so. Is there anything that you would look at it and you're like, man, it may not even be true yet about these events, but if we could make this happen, it would be awesome. I don't know. 
have to offer more of them, I guess, because you do keep it smaller groups. Okay. That's more like the whole, the whole scope of things. How about like the flow of the event? Anything about the flow, the flow of the event was blank or the tone of the event. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, so far they've been really good. Like people participate and they're excited to be there. They're happy. I mean, we're giving them lunch. Right. So yeah, how, would you, how would you describe like how people feel whenever they leave a good lunch and learn? They're happy, upbeat. They seem kind of motivated. Attendees leave feeling happy, upbeat, and motivated. Mm-hmm. You just wrote success statements for lunch and learn. Congratulations. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's something that I've observed lately that I think personally as a community, we need to double down on. Let's stop talking about success statements. Let's start writing success statements. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we can talk about them for a long time, but man, when we like, and really, I think we just did with Jackie something that all of us are actually very good at. We have things in our head that we just need to put on paper. That was really good. Okay, I'll hand it back to you. I think I was going to say on that, I think this is a good example of saying, get it out there and start using it and then tweak it. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you have to come up with the perfect success statement before you start doing this event. Take this, go do your event, evaluate and be like, actually, I don't want them to feel this way. I want them to feel this way and tweak it. It's okay. You can do it. Don't feel like you have to lock this in for the next year of what events look like. And I think that was a holdup for me early on was like, I have to make it right. Whereas once we started, even one, one I thought was right, wasn't because after doing it for a couple of weeks, I realized actually, no, that's not, that's not what I want. I want this. So it's a, to me, it's a living document that you can adjust and work on it. So don't get paralyzed by trying to make it perfect. I say that's evaluate and approve. And I have a theory, if, if there's no edits done when you start using a success statement, you're probably not really using it. Um, based on experience, I've seen that. Um, but just talking about an event, it's interesting that we have events that we bring in mothers, special needs children, also small groups, whatever. And the way we were able to write success statements for the roles is get clarity on the event. And once there was clarity on the event, there was two people involved, one is the host, one is the coordinator. And like, how's this going to get done? Because the host is going to do X, Y, Z. How's this going to be achieved? Because the coordinator will do X, Y, Z. And from the success statements of the event, we were able to branch out success statements for the roles. Very cool. Well said, Naftali. And Drew, thanks for speaking up there. Jackie, when's your next Lunch and Learn? March 9th. Okay. So let's talk about how to use these with that Lunch and Learn. So you now have what winning looks like, putting it back in the chat. So before your lunch and learn, you can use this to determine how to approach it to get these things. And then afterwards, it's really simple. You just sit down and you say, attendees learn something, red, yellow, green, red being not true, yellow being inconsistently true, green being consistently true. And you go through all of that. And then that's what you use to impact your lunch and learn after that. Just makes a really great, easy metric, a place where you're measuring what success looks like, rather than just basing it off of how you feel at the end of the lunch and learn. Right. So we send out, I started this just this year. We've only had, well, we've had two lunch and learns so far. I do surveys, right? To ask them to get their feedback, to ask what other topics they need to learn about. So, I mean, I could put a question in it, right? Asking them how they feel. Would that be weird? You could ask them, did you learn something? What did you learn? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't think that would be weird. Does anyone in the group think that would be weird? How do you feel when you came to my event? <laughs> no, not weird. Okay, good. Oh. 
Great question, Jackie. Jackie, what was a takeaway or a thing you needed to hear after working through that? Well, I think it was already in my head. I just had to say it and write it down. And so the takeaway is that I have the first one done, right? So ready to go. (laughs) That's awesome. Do you have any follow-up questions around success statements? Does anybody else want to workshop through something right now? We have the time or any just observations from what you just witnessed with Jackie. I just want to say, I put in the chat that metric that one of our team members used for hiring, but Jackie, that might be helpful for you because the success statements are in there for an event planner. And so it might, because it talked about a lot of the things that you described that you wanted to be true, like they learned something, they had a great experience. So feel free to use that however it serves you. Good. Thank you. Naftali, you mentioned that you had uh, role success statements and operationalizing on your mind in the chat. Do you have a question around that topic? Not necessarily a question. I at this point, it's a, it's a, I don't, it's not a proven process that that's going to work. What I, what I used as the highlight that that I had this light bulb moment. Like if I'm wondering if this is my next step in operationalizing a department, sort of by going to each role success statement and take line by line and see okay so we want attendees to feel happy da, 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 right how will we make sure that they're happy and then there has to be some how to or something we do and that is the proven process and once that's documented now it's a full circle where um this is the responsibility this is who's responsible this is how we do it bingo it's operationalized and then if you do it to enough success to enough roles sort of in theory that should capture i don't know i want to say like 80 percent of the department and i want to know if that's i mean i'm gonna have to test it and roll with it but which i will do but i want to know if anybody has any other thoughts on it or blind spots that i have or ideas Uh, good question drew i'm gonna throw it over to you because I think out of this group, you have the most role success statements rolled out. What are your thoughts on that? I think, I mean, yes, I think it makes sense. I was just thinking in that, but like in listening to you talk, it almost was like, don't overwhelm your team. You know, you're rolling them all out. Like, let's, I think I would take it a step at a time and like get them consistent with their roles before you start trying to operate everything they do all at once too. I think that can be overwhelming to them. But I mean, I think what you're saying generally makes sense. I think, you know, so I'm figuring out what operations you need based off their roles. And in the process, I'm 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 sure things will change because oh, we taught this, da da da, da right? But I'm thinking of of very different departments and take one or two roles within a department. So I just took over maintenance and construction. So okay, so the handyman's role is next on my list. And as I'm training him, he's up to day 35 or something. And um, by day 45 meeting, this is going to be a big conversation. Now that you know everything, you were trained with a nice onboarding, let's put her into training. We'll sort of exactly how it's done and, you know, show each each line in the success statement. This is about what we're talking about. You see that walkthrough that you do once a month, that's going to help make this green and that. The way you answer tickets is going to make them feel that so I'm, I'm kind of connecting the dots for him in a conversation and then you know so i'm doing it with this role and then i'm going to a whole other department gifts and events in front office and i'm taking a secretary you do it and then in the executive wing 
the, the executive assistant is almost finished doing it. So I'm more worried about me being overwhelmed. Um, I think from, from a team perspective, I'm kind of um, picking some low-hanging fruit within each team. How do you, in, in that process, how do you make sure you're teaching people how to fish and not just giving them fish? I'm mindful of it, um, but I don't have a process for that. Uh, I don't have a proven process, definitely not documented, but I have a standard in my head for it and, and a method in my head for it. Because what I've learned a lot, specifically here in PFG, is what's the principle behind it? And, and, and I try to always go back to the principles. Now, Tali, are you the one, are you the person these people are reporting directly to? Um, either directly or their man or their leaders reporting to me. Why are you not having their leader work on the role success statements with them? So I'm working with the leader because it's new. So I'm bringing in the leader and I'm going over, I'm collaborating and, you know, um, giving them a draft, revising it together and get the whole buy-in and everything. And then... Typically, I explain to the leader and make the connections and give some next steps together as a, as a conversation based on in the one-on-one LMA, LMA meetings that I have with them. And sometimes they will help for more, they, they'll ask for more help and me being involved, sometimes not, ideally. And that's probably the answer that I teach them how to fish. I'm not the one doing it. Um, but some I'm more involved. Um, let's say this handyman, I'm leading the onboarding. And he's sort of reporting to me in a way. I'm throwing the fundamentals in the chat. So all, if this is the first time you're seeing them, these are the 12 Path for Growth fundamentals that we believe every business has when they're practicing healthy growth. I want us to go down to numbers uh, nine and 10. So that's kind of, not tell you what you're describing, right? People having role success statements. We put these in this very particular order for a, a reason. So we believe that if you have role success statements, number two, and then you are working on practicing, operating in your role, that when you get time to your leadership team having role success statements, that'll be a little bit of an easier muscle to work. And you are then equipping them with success statements and then leading, managing, and holding them accountable to their role so that they are then able to do it for their direct reports. And so when we jump around and, and try to get it all of the roles all in place at one time, it actually makes things a lot harder, a lot more challenging. And so, Natalie, I wonder if your efforts would be better suited doubling down on the people that directly report to you, making sure that they feel led, they feel managed, they are held accountable, that they understand role success statements, why they matter, what purpose they serve, and then equipping them to go to their direct reports. Here's an interesting thing that I found. I'm not sure I'm right, but the lower in the org chart that role is, the easier it is to document the process. So I'm sort of having conversations with the leaders that we're going to, you know, which role is low-hanging fruit that you could the fastest document the process so we could see the momentum and the wind that this role success statement is actually operationalized. And, and, and based on that, that was my gauge when I when I chose which one to, to tackle. But what I hear now is, you know, the, the punchline is that I shouldn't be the one doing it. I should teach the leaders how to fish and either do it with their roles or my own, my own role, their roles, and then they should do it um, with the other ones. 
And I'm thinking as I'm speaking that the whole framework or method or whatever I have and the way I want to do it, that should be documented so I could teach the other leaders and so on. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant realization, because I just think I think what Olivia was pointing out there is uh, ultimately in your best long term interest, because I think of you working with the maintenance guy and OK, you let's say you teach him success statements, you get him success statements, you document proven process. What is the likelihood that that guy at some point in the next 90 days has a question? Probably very high if he's actually using them, he's probably going to have many questions. And who's he going to go to to ask those questions? You, right? Because you're the one that helped him identify it in the first place, and you're the only one that knows about it. And if we multiply that by 20 people, Naftali's time is gone, right? It's it's no more. And so I, I the thing that I often think about, um, well, actually two things. The uh, it, it was a podcast we did a long time ago, and the audio quality on it, it isn't great, but it was Michael Hyatt talking about the leadership strategy of Jesus, and how it's like he was three and then 12 and then 72 and then the crowd. And he spent most of his time with the three and the 12. And then out of that, he sent them two by two to work with the crowd. And so it's just like, you know, the numbers probably aren't prescriptive, but think about who's your three and 12, Naftali, that if you were to influence them, they would influence the multitudes. So here's what I could make sense in my brain that I work with the leaders to identify who on their team they're going to operationalize. It's very hard for myself to operationalize my own role. I've realized that over the last few weeks. It's very hard for myself to look in the mirror. It's very hard for a leader to do it for themselves or even, you know, how do you LMA? Okay, so I have a document and it's operationalized on how we have weekly one-ones that are like, but a lot of things are not necessarily tangible. Let's put it different. Um, Value added is easier to document, I think. That that's what I feel based on, on my, my personal experience over the last few weeks. But maybe it's just a blocker in my mind. One thing that I would call attention to, like the words proven process were pretty intentionally chosen by us because we first established the desired outcome. And then we say, okay, what's the best way you've figured out how to get that outcome right now? And so theoretically, you're not documenting something you've never done before. You're documenting something you are currently doing. And so it does. I mean, and it, I agree. It's very difficult. I need Olivia's help with this, right? She is the person that really helps me with getting the proven process on paper because I'm not very good at that step. And so it's like, we're going to take, okay, what are you doing to get that result? And let's make sure we get that on paper. Mm -hmm. And man, it just seems right that you you would have to do this for what you're doing so that others could do this for what they're doing so that their people could do this for like, it feels like what we're saying is, man, you got to start doing this with your stuff so that you can teach them to do it with their stuff. Right. And that's what Olivia is saying. That's why my success statement is number two versus theirs is nine and ten. So I think Natalia, can I interrupt you really quick? Simcha, I really want you to speak on this because you've done a really beautiful job of owning that philosophy. Start with you, go to your leadership team, equip your leadership team so that they can go to the people that report to them. Do you have any thoughts or observations in your experience of, of rolling that out the past couple months? 
What is something that you would encourage Naftali in, in this topic? And what's something that you wish you had known before starting? Not just creating the success statements and just documenting it and rolling it out, really making sure that everybody under you, the leaders really understand the purpose because now it's coming back and biting me that everyone has success statements. There's one-on-one meetings, but the leaders don't really, really understand what it is. So that's where the questions are. Do we have to really meet every single week? Exactly. That's where that question was in the chat. Exactly. And that's where it's coming back. Like, I, I, we had a leadership meeting and we were discussing it. And I'm like, Wait, one second. So you're really not holding them accountable. It's just, oh, are you red, yellow, green? Okay, nice. Okay, let's come back in a month and see if it turns green or not. How is it going to turn green? It's not going to turn green by itself, right? But just so you'll know too, by March 13th, we're going to have the most concise and comprehensive lesson that you can show team members on what success statements are, why they matter, and then how to create them with your leader. And so that is because right now all we have is like a Zoom workshop that's like a bunch of people talking into it and all that. We're working on that right now. So I think that'll be a really helpful tool in this as well. Mm-hmm. I had one thing because I, I was listening to this. We've been going through it and I obviously just relocated to my office and I walked in and I had a conversation with one of my senior guys the other day and said, hey, man, here's success statements and kind of what they're about. Would you just handwrite? for helpers, apprentices, second year apprentices, third year, it's laying on my desk. It's it's one to nine at the most, several of them are seven or eight. It don't have to be perfect, but I asked him to do it. He did that in a week for like 15 different people. So just explain it, don't overcomplicate it, don't scare them. Just go, hey, just like, just write whatever's in your head, one, and then next month have two, and then just make it easy. Yeah. I think I think we get bogged down in it too too hard. For the sake of time, I'm just gonna wrap up my thoughts. Make sure to teach them how to fish, have the leaders own it and do it for their direct reports. And and that I have to make a I have to make a process sort of operationalize on how I'm doing this to myself and to leaders so they could use that as a resource and so on. Well said. I mean, let's think about Naftali, you said at the beginning, uh, operationalizing is just starting to click with that one aspect that you talked about in the workshop. Like internally, these things take time to really get integrated into the way that we work. So why do we expect our team members to have a conversation, write some success statements and then start applying them? It's all about leading them and making sure that you're showing up consistently, representing a good example of how these are used. Chris, I want to I want to throw it over to you. So you have a question on success statements, but specifically around meetings and how they're used. I'm going to go ahead and throw that in the chat here, guys. So take a couple seconds to read through that question. Awesome. Okay. So opening it up to uh, to Chris, is there any other context or any other aspect of this that you would like to add? Yeah, I mean. It sounds like a no-brainer to me that you would want them for any type of meeting or time you're going to spend effort or energy towards. I just never done it before. So it's new and it sounds really interesting to me. So for instance, Drew and I, so Drew and I work together as a, a client relationship. And so we had a conversation the other day where I called him and talked to him, but there was no success statement around it. So with that client relationship, would it make sense for me to go, Hey, Drew, here's what I'm looking to accomplish today. 
And then by the end of it, go, hey, do you think we accomplished X, Y, or Z? And I guess Drew could then tell me how he would feel about something like that. I also had a conversation with Kyle and I would, the other day, I assume Kyle had success statements for that meeting that we had that he'll reflect back on. They weren't stated to me, but he'll go back and do that. And then last example, and then I'll take feedback and things like that. Um, we do a lot of internal meetings that we feel like are needed or are productive. Like we have all staff Monday morning meeting. We have a uh, our de- departments will have stand-up meetings where they're talking about what they're working on for the week and things like that. But there is nowhere stated what success looks like coming out of each of those meetings. So it sounds like that's probably my next step on is creating those for those things. Group, <laughs> what do you guys what what thoughts do you have? So I think it's spot on. Like we could we could share success even for this conversation, right? That it's yeah, I'm sure they have it. Intentional. Everybody was welcomed. Everybody walked away feeling whatever. Yeah, when you start really, really paying attention to success statements, you're like, those path for growth people do the same things in the same order every single time. It to me, it's like because I'm technically my role is an integrator, but I'm not like Zach with that integrator mind like he's got where he's like just wants to process everything. At least that's what it looks. But something as simple as a success statement creates an operation for that without having to then go and go, okay, well, we do this every time we do this every time we do this, which is great for my brain. Um, because I, I can go, I want to achieve a success and then whatever steps it takes for me to get there, as long as I achieve that, then, then that's great. So this is blowing my mind right now. Thank you for the conversation. I was about to share something, but you go first. (laughs) Okay. Chris, I just wanted to show you this. It's one of the reasons why I like, it's helpful for me to sometimes jump in and lead meetings as part of my role, even though I wouldn't traditionally do that all the time, because it forces me to follow the process that we teach. And so this is a meeting that I led earlier this week, and this is our agenda format for meetings. So we always have the, the or our goal is right now to always have someone that calls a meeting of people, write the success statements for the meeting. Now, if it's a recurring meeting, it should have recurring success statements, right? So you're stand, you shouldn't write a new success statement for every stand-up meeting you do, but this was a different meeting, right? And so it was helpful for me to make sure as the person that's technically signing up for us to use all this money and time of us having people in the same room to make sure I'm writing the success statements for it. I was very convicted by Olivia's worth at Wednesday. So I made sure I did it right. So wrote the success statements and then the agenda is kind of like the proven process, right? So here's how we're going to accomplish these success statements. And then the success statements are, are also what we review at the end. And we just red, yellow, green them at the end, right? Is just so we have it. And the other thing I would say is this is not something we are perfect at yet, but I I just think that we see like, man, it's not something to like feel ashamed at that we're not perfect at it yet. It's just there's so much opportunity to make things so much more effective the minute we do it. And so I think meetings is one of the easiest way to teach people how to use them because you can literally show them this is what winning looks like an hour from now. Let's do the thing. And then let's review. Did we win or not in the hour with what we said we were going to do? And it makes it really tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're like you, like a lot of our, the, our biggest expense is internal team time. So whether we're working on something internally together or we're working on client work, 
like there has to be the value there if we're going to bring people together because those meetings get very expensive for us. So making sure there's clear success makes a lot of sense there. Mm -hmm. I think all of that goes back to another worth it Wednesday, but something Alex talks about all the time, which is just necessity of aim. And it's like when I walk into a coaching call with someone like they're paying a lot of money for that. And I want to steward that time really well, whether that's a me and my role or an internal meeting, like that's really expensive time and being really clear on the front end about like, I'm walking into this meeting and this is what success is. If we're on the same page there, then like that's a big first step. And then going back to it and making sure that we're actually accomplishing that, it just gives a whole lot of clarity to, did we do what we said we were going to do in this moment? And if we agree that that's what we set out to do and we accomplished, you can really feel confident that like you stewarded that time well, whether that was a financial commitment or whatever else. And that's what's been mind blowing to me is not like the operationalizing side, but like the, I want to make sure that I'm using this time most effectively for the person I'm serving and the clarity on the front end. And then the confirmation on the back end is super helpful for that. 100%. Group, Zach just threw a template in the chat for making agenda, uh, meeting agendas. You'll see three different categories, success statements, agenda, and preparation. And so the preparation part, sometimes all I'll put there is that everybody who's attending the meeting reviews the success statements beforehand just to prime themselves of what they're expecting. I don't recommend you do that for the first time for a meeting, especially if people have no idea what success statements are. But as your team gets more acquainted, it's a really helpful way to avoid that time at the beginning of the meeting where people are kind of like, well, what are we going to talk about? Like what if I have to brainstorm? Okay, let me think of some ideas. They can come to the meeting prepared, which ultimately improves its effectiveness. Can I share a thought real quick? Um, yes. Something that just from my manufacturing days, whenever you talk about continuous improvement or lean or anything, um, it's really easy to want to look the part. It's really enticing for for me even to show off path for growth as we've got operationalization down or something. I can show you train you all, I can show you Asana, I can show you the tools and tactics. But the thing that I have to remind myself of and that I would encourage all of you on is that culture is the only solution. This is where like impact-driven leadership comes in is you're impacting your team members. You're impacting the way in which and who they're becoming. And they're not just a cog in the machine. They're, they're contributing to a mission and they have abilities to change and do something and serve the world in such a way that makes it better. All that to say, I don't want to get too, too crazy there, but just to go back to you can hand them the fishing rod. You can give them trainual. You can show them the template for the things that we're sharing. We can show you all the tools and and even the processes for implementing success statements. But to a lot of what y'all said today around making sure that they really understand it, spend the time to understand that this is how you work. This is how work gets done. This is how we work. And you start with the outcome and you execute and you evaluate to see, did we accomplish the outcome? And you improve for the next iteration like this is what we do and that's how you change the culture and so you're gonna you're gonna have people like me in your organization that want to grab onto the tools and throw up red yellow green boards and other people are gonna go crazy <laughs> and so the thing that i would just encourage them to do is like hey we're we're here to change people for the better to make an impact on their lives and know that culture is the only solution none of these tools 
are the solution. They're just a, a way in which we can accomplish that. So just as a reminder for us all and a reminder for me, most importantly. Mm, so good, Zach. I have to piggyback off of Zach because Zach, like we've talked about operationalizing our jobs for a long time, but it never really fully got to me until I wanted to go on vacation and I had to operationalize my job. And so I didn't really understand like why or why I should want to do this until like, oh, I want to go on a vacation and now I got to do this. And another thing that goes along with that is when you operationalize something, do it so that someone else is also able to do it. Like not just for you to see it, but so that someone could stand in your place and do it for you. And I would say that really helped me understand like why we operationalize because it showed me that it also benefits like what I do and what I want to do outside of work too. And so it's not just about like getting it documented and kind of like explain to them that it's a benefit for them too. (laughs) Gerald, I want to ask you a question because what you just said in the chat is so accurate. People are just going to assume that it's, it's for something probably lesser than the greater good. Gerald, in your experience, as you've worked through this, how have you presented this, approached this, where it really makes people understand, like, this is for your benefit? Right. It, it's it's just basically what I said, but, but I heard uh, Chris say a while ago, I'm the integrator, and I don't see it like that. So it even starts with you. Are you the right person for the integrator? Are you in the right seat? Because if if you're if you're delegate and elevate and you hate being the integrator, you're not going to win anyway. I don't care what you do. So that's the same for everyone else. Now you will find people that don't fit after you start collecting the data. Because our goal is to put you right where you can succeed. If you're uncomfortable doing it, it nobody's going to win. So that's the thing with us is it it helps with the core values and the culture. And again, we're we're an EOS company too. People analyze. GWC, just like that person I mentioned when I first got on, we've tried and tried and tried to make him round peg square hole. It didn't work. And we we were able to fortunately offer him an option. He's still in the company. He's just taking the demotion, going back in the field, recharge the batteries. We're going to clean up our processes and try to help him go, hey, now here's a better way. Do you think maybe you can succeed? And we hope he wins. He's been with us 17 years. Hmm. So it's a, it's a tough deal. Can I ask you a question? How do you, like, if someone maybe when structures for accountability get established uh-huh. initially, and someone maybe even is justified because of past experience, like, gets really freaked out by that and thinks you're trying to fire them and mm-hmm. therefore puts up a lot of resistance to it, mm-hmm. how how have y'all operated with that person or how have y'all worked with that person? Very, very much. It's one-on-one. You got to spend a lot of time with them and you, you have to show that it started with me and Alex helped me build these success statements for myself. I don't know, two years ago, maybe Alex, you know, two year and a half anyway. And it was like, here's me. And then here's my culture index. Here's what my wiring is. And, and I need you to hold me to this. I don't care what level of the food chain they're on. If you catch me not being a good team player, you need to call me out. So, but it takes, you got to continue to do that. And then when they do do something, you know, against a core value or something, or they don't GWC it. You can't, it can't be emotion. It has to be proven and defined. 
So we define our core values, we define GWC, we define people analyze, and then I, I just turn it around to them a lot and go, hey, you rate yourself and don't be harsh, be fair. Mm-hmm. And if they're out of line, then we say, well, you didn't do teamwork because you keep blaming others. Well, give me an example. And you do it and they go, oh yeah, you're right. I'm not looking in the mirror. So it takes a lot of time and investment, but I'm telling you, it has been well, well, well worth it. As uh, visionaries, Alex, it's never fast enough for me, but I've got to learn that it's not all about me. Mm, well said. Yeah, it's like what John Maxwell says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so that's peppered all in what Gerald just said about the huge time investment. But when people really know you care about them, then that's when things start to shift. And, and let me add, Olivia, too, it has been a huge time investment, but the last year, Profit margins up, top lines up, happiness is up. We're working less hours. So two years in the making of of just getting it in the right direction, everything checks the boxes. Kind of scary, but it, it's it's kind of seen. We're gonna keep doing it for a while. So good. Chris, I'd love to close out with what was a takeaway or thing you needed to hear from that excerpt of this conversation. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I answered my own question in the question. So uh, when talking through it, uh, I'm just excited to talk about it because I can I can take that idea and I have leadership meetings already and apply it to the leadership team. And then that's a good way to get buy in for them to take it to the meetings that they're already having. So I think that's probably the first step I'll take. Yeah, very cool. Chris, I, let me add one thing, Olivia, and I just thought of this. He was talking, uh, 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 an old boss taught me this years ago. He said, if you go in and you know your heart is out there and you go, hey, I need your help on something. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever said, I ain't going to help you. <sighs> if they do, yeah. your Wrong answer's person. there. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so if you have, and just, you know, show the emotion. It's okay to be there. Yeah. And just say, I need your help. And right. if you can see right there and it works so well. Very cool. Well, guys, I encourage you to use the membership chat and future office hours as you work on writing success statements, creating agendas for meetings that have success statements, like post those and get feedback if you like. Um, That's what this community is for. Well, I'm so grateful to the impact-driven leaders that were on that call for their example of humble curiosity, but also their commitment to never-ending growth rooted not just in information, but in action and execution. I think they are setting an example that we would all be wise to follow. And it's in that context that I told you I wanted to give you one action and also an offer that the team has just been working really hard to put together for our podcast audience. Here's the action. I want you to choose one reoccurring essential function of your business. So maybe it's a meeting, maybe it's a project, maybe it's a role, maybe it's your role within the business. And I want you to write three to five statements that define what winning looks like within that project, meeting, or role. That's going to be your success statements for that essential function. And then document those things and make sure you're referencing those things so that you're operating as a leader that is intentional. And really, so that you're not just having this podcast go in one ear and out the other, but rather you're actually taking action. 
Now let's move to the offer. So one of the things that we've really been focused on as a team lately is making sure that we're giving qualified potential customers the opportunity to experience what it's like to be a part of the Path for Growth community. We want people to taste a little bit of what makes this place and this community that we're really growing, cultivating right now so special. And so the team, and specifically Zach Estes and Olivia Graham, have worked really hard to put together a free 14-day trial of the Path for growth membership. And I want to tell you who it's for, and then we'll go into what it includes. This free trial is for impact-driven leaders who own or run a business. So first, impact-driven leader. If you view the business that you operate in as a vehicle for making a difference in your life, in your team's lives, in their family's lives, in your customer, in your community's lives, well, then I think you'd be a great fit. And then next, you need to be someone that owns a business or you run a business, meaning you have decision-making authority and responsibility. And so then, if that is you, I would encourage you to fill out the application. It's in the show notes of this episode. And then what are you going to get if you do get accepted into this 14-day free trial? Well, you're going to get invited into the Path for Growth app, which is where you'll have connection to our coaching team, and they'll be connected with you to show you the path that you can start walking to maximize the resources that are made available to you. You'll get access to all of the lessons associated with the fundamentals for healthy growth. So that's every lesson that I've recorded on the essential areas of your business that you need to focus on if you're going to create the structure to keep you where your vision takes you. And that's at the core of what it takes to grow your business while simultaneously reducing your stress. You're going to get access to all 13 of those fundamentals lessons. And then finally, you're going to get an invite to office hours conversations like the one you just listened to. These are casual yet intentional opportunities for impact-driven leaders who own or run businesses to discuss challenges, opportunities, and ultimately to grow. So again, if you're an impact-driven leader that owns or runs a business, I just want to personally invite you. It would be such an honor for you to invest your time and attention with us. And I, I just get so excited about this because I think that the community is probably the greatest thing we have going for us right now. It's such an incredible group of leaders that are all committed to taking the next step towards practicing healthy growth. And so if that is you, I'm going to ask you and encourage you and challenge you to fill out an application and the team will be in touch very shortly. Y'all know this. We're grateful for you. We're rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.